listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The 72 disciples returned rejoicing and said to Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. At that very moment, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Turning to the disciples in private, he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say to you, many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. Amen. We're a little cozy here today, huh? (laughs) There was a big question about the weather. It's supposed to be horrible, and it's a Saturday, and so we had to make a decision. So um, there are some chairs in the hallway. If anybody's standing and you have trouble standing, um, there are some chairs available. Um, We'll be outside tomorrow in the big upstairs chapel. But my friends, the first Friday and first Saturday are always special beautiful days we had several hours of eucharistic adoration last night for the first friday it was just beautiful and uh then today the first saturday and of course i think uh, our friend rosary joe that's the guy's name who leads the rosary rosary joe jr actually there was another rosary joe who was older um explained to you the details of the first saturday hello rosary joe Still some empty seats in the hallway if you're t- unless you're doing penance to stand. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think he shared with you the details of the first Saturday devotion that Mother Mary asked for at Fatima. And uh, so we always dedicate the homily on this day to exploring the spirituality of what, what is that. So the request for the five sa- first Saturday of the month for five months in a row and uh, the, the praying of the rosary with an extra 15 minutes of meditation, getting to confession. Sorry, there's just one priest here today. Um, eight days before or after. Eight days before or after, so you're still good. Getting to Mass and Communion and receiving Holy Communion with the intention of reparation. The prayer of reparation, that special type of prayer that is a supreme expression of love, recognizing the damage that sin does, and in gratitude for the forgiveness of sins, our heart desires to repair, right, to offer reparation. And uh, so it's beautiful. And so just an interesting thing that comes together in the readings today. So it is also today the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, huh? 
And so it feels like it's special, but it's maybe a little more special, a little extra special. Um, I can't help but wonder if you pray the rosary on the feast of Our Lady the Rosary, you're going to get some extra graces, right? So we, we thank God for that. Um, and so in praying about these first Saturday devotions, thinking about what Mother Mary had invited us to do, and uh, I was wondering if the idea of the rosary, like why the rosary? You know, it's not just Fatima. All these other apparitions of Mother Mary all over the world, the consistent message again and again and again is pray the rosary, pray the rosary. As a matter of fact, I wonder now if a person claims to be a visionary and see the Virgin Mary and then the church has to evaluate the, you know, whether it's authentic. If there's no mention of the rosary, the church is probably like, it's probably not Mary, right? You know? um, and we have this special prayer exhibit down at the Holy House Chapel, the other side of the property. There's a prayer exhibit on all the apparitions of Mother Mary from around the world. So you can check that out later today. It's beautiful. So, but praying the rosary, huh? What is it about praying the rosary? It's a really great question, huh? And I want to connect it with something that we see in the readings today. Jesus says that we are in a battle with demons. Right? We're in a battle with evil. It, there are these fallen angels that try to influence evil in our world. Huh? Anybody catch the news this morning? Time there's bombing in Israel. We're like, okay, this is it. The end of the world is here. Okay, we'll have to see. But we pray, huh? This good versus evil that is part of life here on planet earth. What can we do with this battle that we're in? Jesus tells us that he is the victory and he has authority over these forces of evil and that he shares that with us. You know, he's telling us, he's given, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents. Mm. Now, obviously, if somebody needs the prayer of exorcism, there are certain priests who've been uh, trained and deputized by the bishops to do that ministry, ministry of deliverance and exorcism. But maybe there's, an, there's a bigger picture here that uh, what Mother Mary is asking us to do in our devotions, it's a prayer that contributes to this spiritual warfare, to this combat that is just part of what, what life is like here. And that interesting thing about the serpents, does that remind you of the story of Adam and Eve? That mysterious story at the very beginning of the book of Genesis that tells us about our first parents and that this, the way that sin entered into the world. And the catechism says that this story is a true story. It, it really did happen, but it's given to us in symbolic and figurative language. That's what the catechism says. And so the serpent is symbolic of this fallen angel, this demon. Um, and so we have this story of Adam and Eve, our first parents, being tricked into disobeying God. That's the basic message. There's other layers of meaning there, but that's the basic message is sin and disobeying God. And then what that does, huh? It does a lot of damage. It does damage to the relationship with God, does damage to the relationship with each other, and also our inner uh, we now experience an inner disharmony because of that, the nature of sin. And so the Lord sends us the Redeemer, huh? the, the Savior, Jesus, who has the victory, but now he's wanting to share his victory with us. And, and how we can participate in this great victory has to do with how we live our faith. 
And in particular, the sacraments of the church. You know, there's a number of books and movies and videos and even on the internet of these different exorcists who are now kind of giving some teaching. And if you pay attention to any of those, it's kind of interesting, huh? And the thing that I've noticed that gets said again and again and again is the most powerful prayer that we have against the forces of evil isn't even actually exorcism. The most powerful prayer we have is the sacraments of the church, getting to confession, receiving Jesus in Holy Communion, Jesus who's truly present in Holy Communion, and uh, being, doing our best to be in the state of grace. These are the means that have been given to us. huh? And complementary to that are good, solid devotions, such as praying the rosary. Now, Jesus says some really interesting lines at the end of the gospel here. And when I prayed with them this morning, it moved me so deeply. I knew I had to share this with you all today. Let's, let's hear it again. Jesus, turning to the disciples in private, said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say to you, many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And as I prayed with that, I thought, boy, this feels like it's talking about the rosary, huh? That in the prayer of the rosary, in our meditation, we are looking at the life of Jesus. Jesus, who is God, God who became human. He took on human nature and he walked on our earth, no longer in some distant heaven, but so close and intimate. And it gave us teachings. And those teachings, the content of what God himself wanted to say to us has been preserved, especially in the Bible. And we know that the rosary really is a tool to meditate on the Bible. It is a devotion and a means to place before your mind and your heart Jesus, his life, all the highlights of his life and Mother Mary, what, what the blessed, you know, Jesus says that there were so many people here on planet earth in history who would have given anything to see God come in the flesh, to hear his life-giving message, his words. What did St. Peter say to him later on? We've come to believe that you alone have the words of eternal life. And so that, that devotion of the rosary once again places Jesus before our mind and heart. We have this gift of allowing that to influence us, you know, to expose ourselves to that. And as I was praying over that, and I was looking at the, the idea that the Bible presents the serpent as a symbol of the devil. There's another moment when the children of Israel sin against God and they are bit by poisonous snakes. And you know, God tells Moses to um, make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And when the people look upon it, they're repenting of their sins and they're healed, they don't die. Um, I thought maybe the rosary is kind of like what we call anti-venom. So, you know, if you get bit by a poisonous snake, you, you have to get this special serum called anti-venom, right? Has anybody here ever been bit by a snake? No, I almost got bit by one last night. <laughs> so this is not Ireland. There are snakes here at the shrine, okay? <laughs> um, I don't think it was poisonous though, but anyways. Um, but it's an, it's an interesting thing how they make this special medicine for people who get bit by poisonous snakes. So 
Um, I'm not a scientist, but as I understand the basic story, that they give small, non-lethal doses of this venom to horses or sheep, and then the immune system of the horses or the sheep produce what we call antibodies, and that's the, the body's way of defending against the uh, disease, and then they're able to take that blood, and they're able to, um, whatever they do to it in the lab, <laughs> they pull out the antibodies, and they're able to make a, a medicine, a serum, an antivenom from that. And then if you are walking and you get bit by a poisonous snake, you can get this special medicine that counteracts the poison or of the venom. And um, so that's, that's interesting that how that works and how they figured that out. You know, maybe they saw a horse that got bit and it didn't die. They're like, what's going on in that horse? Okay. <laughs> but my friends, I wonder if the praying of the rosary and this devotion of receiving Jesus in communion with a special intention, praying and reparation, could be seen as a spiritual antivenom. Getting to confession once a month is certainly a spiritual antivenom. You know, the, the means that the church has given us for our spiritual life. And, and what's so beautiful is that not only do these devotions help us personally, you know, it's Mother Mary's asking for it because it's good for you, right? That's what good mothers do. Like, they try to get their children to do things that are good for them. But my friends, in the mystery of the communion of the church, it's also good for the world that our own personal efforts at growing in holiness has an impact beyond ourselves because the spirituality of communion, being members of Jesus's body, the church, we have an influence on one another. St. Paul will say that. So when we sin, it doesn't just do damage to ourselves, it also does damage to the world. And when we repent and when we cooperate and welcome grace, there is an effect on the world. And I kind of wonder if part of the explanation of why we're seeing what we're seeing right now, like an unprecedented unleashing of evil on the world, part of that may have to do with maybe there's less people praying. There's less people really in God's grace and really, you know, pursuing holiness. That um, this venom of the poisonous snake has made the body sick. And uh, on that note, um, we can't talk about the first Saturday devotion in Fatima without talking about this mysterious message about Russia. So, you know, Fatima, you, you hear Fatima and you think about, oh yeah, isn't that where Mary said, pray for Russia? So in 1917, Mother Mary told the little children, to tell the Pope and the world to pray for Russia because Russia was going to spread her errors throughout the world. And uh, the little children didn't even know what Russia was. They thought that was a woman's name. <laughs> like, who is this woman, Russia, you know? But, it, um, but so people who are into Fatima have often kind of pondered, well, like, how do we understand that now in our own day? And I think what's clear, what's, what's you know, clear from the year 2023 is that Mother Mary was talking about atheism. The idea that God does not exist. Atheism, as it applies to politics, you see all sorts of terrible things like communism, you know, regimes that misuse their power and authority to persecute people and or kill people. So over the last hundred years, we've seen an unprecedented number of people murdered by their governments, more than all of history combined. And that atheism, that idea that God does not exist, as that carries over to other areas, not just politics. And lo and behold, we, we start to see that even in 
the, the holy United States of America, this idea has taken root in the hearts of so many people. Once you, you welcome the idea that God doesn't exist, then anything goes. You know, you're free to like do whatever you want and you're free to, you know, what it, it just carries over in so many ways and areas of life. Um, I don't think I have enough time to like go through all of that, but I think you get the point that I'm saying. And that ultimately is the uh, trick of the devil to get us away from God, to even confuse us. We have people now who see something that is actually very evil and they sincerely think it's good. Or they see something that actually is very good and of God, and they sincerely think that it's evil. It's the ultimate twisting of the mind and the heart, huh? Where you become so confused, where you think good is evil and evil is good. And once that happens, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous for your soul. It's the beginnings of damnation. You remember Mother Mary showed hell to the children of Fatima, and you're like, whoa, to little children, it was terrifying. And to remind us what we already knew from our faith, what's already in the Bible, it's clearly in the teachings of Jesus, in the teachings of the church. And so we have this possibility, you know, and if we're so hardened by sin and so confused and twisted by evil, we meet God and God says to us, my, my child, I want to forgive you from your sin. And you say, well, no, thank you. I don't think it's a sin, <laughs> you know, or so we don't want to go in that direction. And I think that's why Mother Mary, as a good mother, has been sent by God to places like Fatima, Lourdes, Guadalupe, and other places to warn us, yes, but also to encourage us, this is the pathway forward. You know, living our faith, the sacraments of the church, especially confession and holy mass, and devotions such as the rosary, that rosary which daily puts us in contact with Jesus, with what he did to save us and the content of his teaching, the gospel. That's why I love the luminous mysteries. Sometimes I meet devout Catholics who don't like the luminous mysteries. And when, it, when that happens, I'm like, what do you mean you don't like the luminous mysteries? You know, The luminous mysteries pull together for us the, some really important moments, right? The, the baptism of Jesus, the sacrament of baptism is where it begins for all of us. The wedding of Cana, but especially that third luminous mystery Jesus is preaching. So any parable of Jesus, the Beatitudes, anything that Jesus taught could be meditated on in that third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the kingdom and the call to conversion. Nothing is more foundational than that. And of course, the transfiguration, and then maybe one of the greatest mysteries of all the mysteries of the rosary, the Last Supper, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life, the Mass, and the spirituality of receiving Jesus in communion so that he could spiritually feed us as the bread of life. So, oh, good stuff, huh? And uh, somehow I suspect maybe I'm preaching to the choir today. I know that most, if not all of us, are on this page. And, uh, but for those of you who might be watching this video all over the internet, hello. Um, but my friends, um, I share these details with us this, this day just to inspire us, you know, to maybe recommit like this monthly devotion gives us an opportunity to recommit to Mother Mary's peace plan. You know, the, the, the messages, the, the devotions that she asked for. And what's so beautiful is it's, sim it's shockingly simple. What did Jesus say that God is hiding things from those who are so-called learned and clever and revealing them to the childlike? All of these things are simple and they can be grasped by children and by um, former children, <laughs> adults, 
And, and, and it's, it's within the grasp of all of us. Mother Mary has never asked us to do something was like, ooh, I can't do that, right? What she's asking is preeminently doable and it's accessible and it's simple and it's so life-giving. So my friends, welcome. It's so nice to see you all here. I would love to see, you know, double or triple the number, huh? So let's evangelize. Let's get our family and friends who are not here. Let's get them here. Um, we're going to have the, the last 13th of the month in a, a few days, October 13th. And uh, we would love to see the place bursting at the seams. So you're being commissioned today to go and to evangelize, to come back. Please come back, but bring others with you. We desperately need this message now more than ever before. Amen. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Mm -hmm.